Welcome to Books and Beyond with your host, Alison. Join us for half an hour of information, entertainment, reading recommendations and beyond. Brought to you by Auckland Libraries. I know this girl and she works in a library, yeah, standing there behind. No my Haida my Kiara, and welcome to our Books and Beyond Literary Lounge Special Edition with Alison and Inika. Kiara Inika. Kiara Alison. Well, look, on today's show, we're back in the lockdown lounge. Um, <laughs> look, it's more fun with soft furnishings and beach towel. What do you reckon? Yeah, how's your how's life in your closet, Inika? Yes, well, it's very purple. I'm back in the Paisley Palace of my um, of my closet, and it's still stuffed with lots of clothes that won't get in, lock in at all in the next week or two. I'm not yet at that stage where I actually have a rip through and get rid of everything Marie Kondo styles, but you know, there's a lot of frocks in here, so I might need to join old Hills Baz in the formal Fridays and get frocked up, maybe. Yeah, well, look, I think I'd have to join you in that. I've got a really nice um, velvet jacket, which I could do uh, wear a, a tie with. But, look, I do love me some hills. She's, oh, yeah. She's just wonderful. Now, and my old poofs um, still pretty much the same. Although I can report that we've actually um, bought a couple of new cushions since last lockdown. Oh, lovely. Got to keep up with trends. Um yep. Don't we? Yeah. And then, although today, um, even though I've got nice cushions and everything, I'm actually sitting inside a giant cardboard box. So <laughs> it's really warm and toasty. Um, it's quite tropical in here, actually. But um, I'm hoping that um, what with your closet and um, my giant cardboard um, contraption here, that the sound is going to be nice and clear for our, our listeners. Now, this is commitment to the cause, Alison. It sure is. Yes, <laughs> I've used so much duct tape today. Um, yes, I've probably just about caused an environmental disaster, I think. MacGyver. So, MacGyver. Yep, that's right. Well, look, as, as we all know, lockdowns can be really challenging, eh? And um, we often have all sorts of stresses and, and strains to contend with. Um, many of us, you know, our days revolve around the one o'clock briefings and getting the kids out for some fresh air, um, or, or stretching one's legs as, uh, <clears throat> as we've been talking about this week. <laughs> so, um, the physical libraries are, are closed at level four, but, um, the great thing is that our digital library is open 24 seven. So, um, now's the time to, to explore our extensive e-collections. Absolutely. Yeah. You might remember that during our very first lockdown, Alison, that, um, that my reading life sort of froze like a rabbit in the headlights at the beginning. And yeah. I had to get a little bit strategic with my reading to get myself back into reading life and back into gear. Well, I was so determined not to let that happen again that I doubled down and I've, I've maxed out my library card just before we shut the doors. And I'm, I have decided that I'm setting aside time each day to do some reading in the sun. And I've also got my audiobooks going on Libby as well. So, um, you know, I'm kind of starting starting myself nice and simple with the books that have got the most curb appeal. You know, those books that get you straight in the story without mucking around. Yep, I know what you mean. And yeah, good on you. 
Good on you. Yeah. Well, I've got a good one to um, to bring to you that definitely falls into that category. And this is um, The Last Guests by J.P. Pomare. And this is a 2021 novel by J.P. I think this is actually his second book um, published this year. He is going great guns, wow. eh? Yeah, amazing. Um, so this is um, this is the fourth book from Aotearoa author Pomari. His debut, Call Me Evie, won the Nio Marsh Award, um, which is the New Zealand Crime Awards, back in 2019. And he's just gone from strength to strength, um, getting a really good wide audience now. Um, he writes these grippy psychological thrillers, and they really do throw you straight into the plot at breakneck speed. So perfect for this time when you just need a bit of escapism and you need, you know, you don't have time to be mucking around. They really are firecracker um, books. So in this book, we've got um, our narrator, Lena. Now, she is a young ambulance officer, and she lives in Auckland, and she's married to Kane. Now, Kane is, he's ex-SAS, and he's now um, a not particularly successful personal trainer. Now, the reason he left the SAS was because he had a role in an unauthorized maneuver in Afghanistan, and this resulted in civilian deaths. Um, this might be familiar to some of you if you remember a bit in the news a few years ago. Um, and this has left him with um, PTSD. Now, the original plan for Kane and Lena was that they were going to have a baby and they were going to move down to Lena's family batch um, that she's inherited down on Lake Tarawera in um, Rotorua um, to save on the living costs. Um, but they've actually been trying to get pregnant for a while. It's not happening and their money situation is getting tighter by the day. Now, from the outset, there's just tension up the wazoo and secrets all hiding under the surface of this marriage that used to be very happy but it started to go it started to hit the skids a bit now Kane is hiding a gambling problem and Lena's hiding her dating profile so I think that sort of tells it all doesn't it mm, sure does yeah now, despite Lena's misgivings, Kane decides he's going to list the batch up on WeStay, which is this book's version of Airbnb, and that's going to bring in some extra cash for them. Now, Lena is secretly meeting um, a man for a one-night stand um, while this is going on, and these two decisions are going to collide spectacularly in the book. Now, um, the prologue of um, The Last Guest really gives you a sneaky peek into what is ahead. So you've got a man who checks into a short-stay rental, and he proceeds to install these tiny hidden cameras in the lounge, um, in the bathroom, and in the bedrooms. Now, he cleans up the mess, he copies the house keys, and he checks out with nobody any the wiser. And um, then international viewers get a notification that there's a new stream online and that they should get ready to enjoy the peep show. Oh, crikey. <laughs> I know, I know. So that's 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 your first five pages. You're like, oh, my oh. Lord. yeah, <laughs> yeah. So it's you know basically just turned the sharing economy, the sharing carrying economy mm. into a biggest nightmare. You know, just when we're starting to think about dipping our waters back into holiday batch rentals. Yeah, thanks yeah. so much. <laughs> so this book is really all about um, voyeurism in all its forms. So not just you know people who are a bit got a bit of a kink on for that um, but also the way that we hunt each other out on social media check everyone's references and go in for a little snoop through everybody's um, profiles um, it really sits at the heart of this book um, I do like the way he reinforced the sort of you are being watched by um, 
what he does at the end of each chapter. He kind of jumps into random houses via those various live streams. And um, you can see the Peep Show viewer count going up and down depending on what's happening in the room with the camera in it. Um, you can imagine what sort of things yeah. game viewers. Mm. Yeah. Now, it also asks how far one will go to maintain a marriage and and make the dream happen by hook or by crook. Um, he keeps it really tight uh, with the cast. So you've got a reasonably small group of kind of the couple and their friends and some frenemies. Um, each has got their own little hidden secrets. And that keeps you guessing right to the end, you know, who done it. Um, I was really seriously up to the wee hours um, the first couple of days of lockdown, frantically flipping through to find out how it played out. Yeah, this is a real, it's a gem. It sounds fantastic, actually. Yeah. Uh, even though horrifying, but it's what I can imagine that you couldn't put it down. You can't put it down. You really can't. Yeah. Now, um, I've got a hot tip for you all for um, for your lockdown listening pleasure. Um, so this is a brand new book. Um, so it is in hot demand, but if you haven't read J.P. Pornomati's um, back catalogue, there's actually heaps and heaps of copies of the e-audiobooks of um, two of his titles, um, Waiting for You on Overdrive and Libby. And those are Call Me Evie, which is the one he won the award for, and In the Clearing, which follows um, an Australian cult. Um, so I really recommend that you grab a copy from um, from our e-collection, and get your headphones on, take it on a bubble walk or, you know, just block out the rest of your, your bubble crew there um, with a bit of escapism. Yeah. Oh, look, what a great, um, great recommendation. Thanks for that, Inika. Well, look, yeah, I've really gone to our e-collections in the last week as well because um, I'd um, just finished all my hard copy library books just before lockdown which was terrible timing for me I know but I was just so grateful that we have our ebook platforms Overdrive and Libby and then of course Borrow Box and and Wheelers and um, I've also over the last week I've pivoted my preferences my reading preferences to um, kind of an armchair adventure travel and um, I think I've um, moved away from fiction and literary fiction in the last week and I think it's due to a kind of a lockdown anxiety actually Mm. and I just find sometimes that travel memoirs are easier to concentrate on um yeah for me particularly I mean everyone's different but armchair travel allows readers to escape and dream and explore new places and new ways of living Having said that, I guess you could say that about all reading. (laughs) You could, you could, but yeah, memoirs are pretty good for that, aren't they? They really are. Hey, and look, I came across an absolute gem, and I've loved this one. It's called Good Vibrations, Coast to Coast by Harley, by uh, an English writer called Tom Cunliffe. And this is available in hardback, but also on our Overdrive Libby platform. Now, it's not a real new book. It's um, probably almost 10 years old. So it's an oldie, but a goodie. It's it's really great. I'd recommend it. Yeah. So now this um, chap, Tom Cunliffe, he's an English writer and documentary filmmaker. And he and his wife, Roz, they, they'd always had sailing boats. And in fact, he Tom had written 
he's written quite a few books about sailing. Um, But they'd always had this bucket list dream to ride a pair of Harley-Davidson motorbikes across Route 66 in America. (gasps) So they, which is kind of a a dream, isn't it? Um, For me, it's kind of, it's a fantasy more than anything, but (laughs) there's something romantic about it. So they sold their, their sailboat in England and they just decided to, to do it. Um, and um, Cunliffe, he says the um, American-built Harley-Davidson motorbike is like, very much like a fine sailboat because you're open to the elements of weather and it always requires constant attention, driving mm-hmm. attention, and that um, once you're a Harley on the open road is a platform for discovery. You're and selling it to me, all right? <laughs> Yeah, look, he's such a good writer. Um, he writes about Harley Davidsons and he says that they're still horses for the cowboys of today's concrete prairies. <laughs> they remain as lonely survivors from the sunshine days when gas was cents for a gallon and Americans knew who they were. <laughs> and that, um, that was in those couple of pages, that paragraph. And, um, that really grabbed me. Mm. Um, and so anyway, Tom and Roz fulfilled the stream by, and they rode a pair of Harleys from Baltimore to San Francisco and then back again, um, in, uh, less, it took them less than three months. So, and it's about 12,000 miles oh. and they, um, stuck mostly to the back roads and, um, they came across everything, hurricanes, insects, desert heat, and a real diverse cross-section of the American public. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, 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 Cunliffe, sorry, uh, Tom, he managed to charm his way out of so many dangerous situations, <laughs> largely with his British accent. Um, so, yeah, um, what did he say? Some, um, the ride of a lifetime was soon transformed into a pilgrimage in search of the American people who the Harleys dragged from under stones, off mountainsides, out of the swamps and the prairie dust. Mm-hmm. The scenery was phenomenal, but it's the folks I'll remember and riding Death Valley with an engine air-cooled by wind 35 degrees hotter than my blood. <laughs> oh, he's got away with words, all right. He sure does. And look, they Tom and Roz befriended such an eclectic ex- assortment of people. So um, amazing, really interesting people. They met Native Americans from the great Sioux Nation, um, war veterans, moonshiners, mm-hmm. other bikers, um, Harley riders, of course, and the shock horror Honda and Kawasaki riders. Um <laughs> Cowboys, cowhands, strippers, Bible bashers, crooks, southern gents, oh, and even um, wildlife like bears and alligators. <laughs> so you, you really get quite a unique insight into the diversity of the United States. Such good writing. You know, I really felt as though I was writing with Roz and Tom and experiencing the, the good the bad, the ugly, and the beautiful that that is America. So I really recommend this one. Sounds wonderful. So that was um, Good Vibrations Coast to Coast by Harley. Yes, that's right. So, yeah, it's a, it's a classic. Shall I um, 
jump over to my next one. Yes, I, d- I want do- more armchair travel from you. Yes. yes. So another one, and I, I've got to be honest here, I don't think this one compares as well to the writing of Good Vibrations. But it's a, it's a fun read and it's called Adventures of Two Girls and it's by two women writers, um, Ning Kai and Pamela Ho. And um, this uh, book is available in hardback and also on Overdrive, Libby. And it's another bucket list bucket list text. That's hard to say. Um, it uh, traces the journey of um, these two women. They're both their best friends, BFFs from Singapore, and they take a nine-month break from their su- very successful careers to tick a big fat item off their bucket list, and that is to travel the world and write a book. And so Ning um, is a professional female magician. I learned a lot about magic shows from Ning. And Pam Ho is a a radio DJ and journalist. So they're very interesting women. They break loose, they stuff their backpacks, and they buy some one-way tickets from Singapore to Honolulu. And there they start the adventure of, of a lifetime. Um, now, some people have been mistaken and thought that this um, was a guidebook for girls or, or some sort of um, not very good offshoot of Eat, Pray, Love. Um, <laughs> but in fact, it's, um, it's better than that. And it's um, lots of action-packed accounts of many interesting but some scary situations faced by two women from the city um, in foreign lands Lots of travel tips about budgeting and finances and insurance. Mm. It's a lot about PMS survival, which, <laughs> you know, that you've Always got to useful. think about that when you're traveling. <laughs> yeah. Lots of observations. A um, lot of stuff about traveling um, across America on Greyhound bus, on the Greyhound buses, and mm. what a difficult experience that is for people. And they have some theories about why people are so treated so badly by the Greyhound company and their mm-hmm. staff. And it's basically because the passengers are poor and um, the Greyhound bus company know that no one's going to sue them because no one's got the money wow. to. Wow. So really, really interesting. It's uh, mostly humorous and heartwarming. Um, it, I found it relaxing, enjoyable, Um as I said, I wouldn't rate it as strongly as Good Vibrations, but I, I think I might be a bit of a biker chick at heart. Oh, Who you knows? know, I, I did wonder that about you. Yeah. I've kind <laughs> the of evidence that. is kind of pointing that way now. <laughs> yeah, I've kind of got that vibe, haven't I? <laughs> <laughs> well, um, one that I managed to pick up when I was frantically scrambling for books in that last um, few hours before the libraries yeah. closed was um, was a copy of a book called Unorthodox, um, The Scandalous Rejection of My Hasidic Roots. And this is by Deborah Feldman. Now, this is on my to-be-read list for next now, um, you might remember um, that the Netflix miniseries adaption of this book came out a few weeks into the very first lockdown. So it, was, it came out in, I think, early April. And um, I remember we binge-watched it over two nights. Yeah. Did you manage to catch it the first time around? Yes. We, and we binged it as well, I think, over a couple of nights. It was so too. wonderful. It yeah. Was fantastic. 
Yeah, really riveting story. It really gave us some of that much-needed armchair travel that you were talking about, Alison, too. Um, it's If you haven't seen it, it's beautifully shot on location in um, Brooklyn, New York, in the Williamsburg neighbourhood, and also in Berlin as well. So if you haven't seen it and you've got Netflix, you should really, you know, jump on it this lockdown. It, it, it will still hold all of that beautiful glow that it did. Now, this is um, a true story of a young woman raised within the Satmar community in um, New York. This is an ultra-Orthodox Hasidic Jewish sect, and they originate from Hungary. Now, she's been married as a teenager to a man that she barely knew, and she's got this really strong pressure to conform, both as a married woman and um, as a sort of a bearer of children. So she's expected to produce multiple children to strengthen the Satmar community because they're pretty insular. Now, when she eventually gives birth to her son at the ripe old age of 19, um, she realises that it's time for her to escape for both their sakes. Now, when the miniseries came out last year, I remember we had to put in a rush order for copies of the new edition of this book because it originally came out in 2012 and, of course, demand for it went through the roof. So I'm really pleased to report that we've now got copies in Overdrive and Libby as well, so you can jump on it too. Um, I'm really looking forward to this being my next read, so I can't wait. Yeah, oh, great. Yeah, I'm um, looking forward to reading it at some stage as well, but... um, highly recommend people jump on that Netflix series. Mm. Wonderful. Now, look, we've been um, slowly working our way through the the Booker long list, haven't we? And so we're up to part three of our um, (laughs) Booker's Dozen um, today. So I think we've got time to do one of of them. And um, that's uh, The Sweetness of Water by Nathan Harris. Um, and fortunately, um, this one is available um, t- uh, to be accessed via Overdrive eAudio as well yes, as the hard right. copy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So tell us a bit about the, the, the story. Yeah, so this is a debut novel. Um, so I'll just read you a little bit from the synopsis. So in the waning days of the Civil War, freed brothers Prentice and Landry seek refuge on the homestead of George Walker and his wife Isabel. The Walkers are grieving for the loss of their only son in the war and they hire the brothers to work on their farm. Now Prentice and Landry's plan is to save up money to head north and try and reunite with their mother who was sold when they were boys. Now parallel to this story is runs a sort of forbidden romance between two Confederate soldiers. Sounds really good, doesn't it? That's really appetising. Because as well as being long-listed for the Booker Prize, um, this book um, became an instant New York Times bestseller. Mm -hmm. Um, It's an Oprah's Book Club pick, and it's on President Obama's summer 2021 reading list. So that's a pretty impressive pedigree. That's right, yeah. So there will be a bit of a queue on this. Um, certainly on the hard copy I've seen, there is a bit of a queue. Um, but while you wait, we, we've got some recommendations for you to check out. So our first recommendation for checking out, which is along the same lines and got some of the same themes, is Days Without End by Sebastian Barry. Now, this is a 2016 novel, and it's available at Overdrive as an ebook. So in this book, Days Without End, we have got the Civil War and the post-Civil War period in America. And we've also got a secret romance between two young brothers in arms. Not brothers, 
brothers in arms. Okay, so they're in the the soldiers. Um, Days of the Lean pulls you in straight away. It's got sensuous, gorgeous prose, and it's got this real vivid, unique voice and energy of the main character, 17-year-old Irish immigrant, Thomas McNulty. So Thomas McNulty falls in love with a young American man, John Cole. They're both orphans from extremely hard backgrounds. The pair are soldiers. They get caught up in multiple conflicts, so with Native Americans and as soldiers in the Civil War, and they're facing the horrors of war together. Now, they um, they use the um, they are cross uh, they use cross dressing in order to marry in secret. They adopt an orphaned Native American girl and they start to build a family life in Tennessee post war. So this is a really unique story. Um, it's been long listed for the Booker Prize in its year in 2016, and it won the Costa Book Award. Um, it's a story of lives lived in this state of duality. They're fighting in brutal battles while looking for peace. They are swapping gender roles and identities as the circumstances allow. Um, If you've already read Days Without End, and some of you will have, do look out for the 2020 sequel, A Thousand Moons, which you might have missed. Um, It continues the story from the perspective of of Winona, who is the young Lakota orphan that that this couple adopt. Um, That's available in Overdrive as an e-book too. And if you want to find more novels from uh, Irish author Sebastian Barry, um, check out Overdrive and Libby, we've got heaps of copies of lots of his work. Um, he's been book along listed three times so far, so you know that he's got the skills to pay the bills. This is an author you want to watch. Absolutely. Yeah, thanks for that. And another one that we'd recommend um, as a, a, a reader like um, is The Underground Railroad by the great Colson Whitehead. Mm-hmm. Um, available um, in hard copy, but also, uh, importantly, as an Overdrive e audio book. And um, this one, it's historical fiction, and it sets up an intriguing premise. Um, the, so The Underground Railroad Road, which was the the system of secret safe houses used to help smuggle escaped slaves through to the free states in the North American North in the 19th century, it gets depicted in this book as an actual railway, uh, and that runs through tunnels deep under the floorboards of safe houses of allies, um, both black and white. So it's a, a really it's like an alternative history in a, in a way, and. It follows two teenagers, Cora and Caesar, who escape from the cruelties of life on a plantation in Georgia. And they're pursued by um, a really cold-hearted bounty hunter who's determined to bring them back dead or alive. Mm. Um, It's a hopeful book, but it doesn't shy away from the horrors of of life in the South. But it was an an amazing book. That's right. Well, our last recommendation for this one is Brokeback Mountain by Annie Prue. Um, lots of you will have seen the movie. This book came, uh, is a, just a short novella. It's only 58 pages long, so this is going to be a fast read. Um, it's a story of two cowboys who are hired one summer in 1963 to guard sheep in the remote mountains of Wyoming. They're both 19 and they fall passionately, if un- inarticulately, in love. Now, despite having both having marriage, uh, married and having kids, they continue to meet secretly for 20 years. The writing is just beautiful. It's lean, spare. Um, wow. I, yeah. You know, you'll never forget reading this book. 
it's just exquisite, isn't it? I, I've never forgotten it. That's right. They, it comes from a collection um, called Close Range Wyoming Stories, which is available on Overdrive. And we've got quite a lot of work by Annie Prue that you can discover there too. And I highly recommend you do that. Yeah. Oh, great. Thanks for that. Um, now, look, um, we've got a real, uh, just a, a quick, short amount of time for a hot tip about the Beamer Film app um, that's available in the app stores on Apple and Android TVs. Um, not all TVs, but um, check out yours to see. Um, so, Beamer Film, let's talk about it. Yeah. Wonderful, can- isn't it? It's so good. This is our streaming service. It's free with your Auckland Library's membership. You can download the app from the App Store from your television if it's available. Then you can sign up for a free Beamer Film account via our library website and with your membership. Um, you can log into your account via the Beamer Film website, either on your laptop or phone, and go to the section called TV Access. There you can generate a TV Access code, and this means you can enter that into your tally, and it will sync up your accounts, and it means that you can use your TV as you would with something like Netflix or On Demand without any need to screencast or mess around with HDMI cables, plugging things in to get your Beamer film fix. Yeah, give it a go at your place. Hope it works for you. It's such a, a great uh, product that, that we have at the libraries. Well, look, um, we're just about out of time, but I just wanted to say that I came across um, this amazing quote this week and it was so good I wrote it down. And... Um, The quote is, we read in order to come to life. I just love that. And this is from a newly released book that's on my TBR list, uh, and it's called Check Out 19 by Claire Louise Bennett. So, look, to our listeners, thank you so much for tuning in today. Take care and look after yourselves. Be kind to yourselves and each other. Haere rā. Ka kite anō. Find us online at aucklandlibraries.govt.nz and catch the program next Sunday at 9.35pm on 104.6 FM or anytime online at planetaudio.org.nz slash books and beyond. Every day, every day.